0: Welcome back, welcome back to the Confession Tapes of Cushy Jada. Today I'm joined by the one and only Noor, who is actually in LA at the moment, 5.35 probably now at the moment, is that correct?
1: Yeah, yeah, it's 5.35 over here.
0: Yeah, yeah, tell me how you're feeling, just obviously you've already told me about your day, but just in terms of your week, um, is it Monday? No, Tuesday, still there, so how, what's your week looking like?
1: This week... Um, I work with a company called After Party. It's an NFT community here mm-hmm. that I love. So we're going to go there this mm-hmm. week at some point. Work on a few stuff with Send It, which is a plug into Snapchat. It's an app I work with and, uh, you know, just that kind of stuff on the business front. And then been consistent at the gym and um, working on music stuff with a few other artists, friends of mine. So that's pretty much mm-hmm. all it is this week. And then uh, got into acting recently. So just going to see how that goes.
0: Oh, my God, that's exciting. Are you taking acting classes? yeah Yeah. okay so what like how does that like work essentially do you have to go in like once a week or is it something like every day you're doing it online how does that work for you
1: so i do it in person so i go to the studio i do private so it's just me and the acting coach some people do like Mm -hmm. group sessions where they're with a bunch of people and other people do it with just you know them and their coach so I do it that way. Um, whenever I have an audition, I'll take my script to my coach and yeah. we'll work on it together and just kind of work on, um, mm. you know, just like expressions and, you know, just kind of understanding mm-hmm. the script and what the story's about. And then I'll work on it at mm-hmm. home and then come back in and we'll we'll do our tapes.
0: Mm. Is there like a an accent that you've always wanted to like master or like you're going to try and do in acting?
1: Uh, I mean... I'd always wanted to learn an accent, but I feel like all of my accents are kind mm. of fluid. They're all just the same. Like mm. if I was to try to copy <laughs> your accent, I would think, you know, you know, like my accents are just so bad right now that <laughs> I don't I don't think I would get there. But maybe at some point I would I would like to master a British accent. But as of right now, it's it's not there.
0: Yeah yeah no for sure British is like I feel like it's different in each part but like yeah 100% even me people say Australian and British are sort of similar but I still like struggle anyway um I want to get into like the nitty-gritty questions so as someone who's already so incredibly well established as a singer scouter and obviously a fa- founder of top talent uh. what would you consider as like your biggest drive in life I know that's a hard-hitting one like I literally just threw that at you but yeah what is your biggest drive in life
1: I feel like in life, I've always kind of, I've always been a go-getter. Like, I feel like it's just in my personality that I've always been the type of person to really go after something that I want. I never take no for an answer. And so I've always taken piano since I was like super young. My mom had me in lessons when mm-hmm. I was like five years old. And then uh, when it got to, I was like 15, um, <clears throat> I was in high school my freshman year and I um, I started you know getting more into guitar and singing a little bit. I joined the school mm-hmm. like, Men's vocal ensemble and started singing a little mm-hmm. bit and for some reason, I had this really 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 um you know strong passion to be on the show the voice i don't know why it was that specific show, but <laughs> I just really wanted to be on that show and so mm-hmm. i uh so I ended up you know i was you know i think you know I've, like people always told me I've had a good voice, but I didn't really know how to control it and so you know i took you know i had like my vocal teacher at school teach me how to you know control it a little bit i went to audition for the voice yeah, when i was 16 and i didn't get it okay. and i was so disappointed and i was like Ugh, <laughs> like terrible and then um you know i tried again when i was like the next year but both mm-hmm. times i'd never really like you know really put my full effort into it like i still like you know i, th- I thought i did but obviously you know with anything you know there's there's, you know, it's always a matter of who practices the hardest and who's going to get it. And so yeah, yeah. basically, second time around, also didn't get it. And I was like, oh, this, I, like, <laughs> I was really so disappointed in myself. And then, so mm-hmm. now I'm 18, freshman year in college. And I uh, I ended up, there was like, they had this, like, you know, they were like doing, like watching people's covers on, on Instagram. And so I yep. posted, I was posting covers on Instagram and the voice DM me on Instagram. I didn't even audition. They just DM me and were like, you know I just I posted a video and they invited me to come on and um d- you know do something in New York. So I went to New York and I got a call yeah. back, and that was probably one of probably the best days of my life. I feel like I was like i tried for something <laughs> for like so many years, and then I finally here. had that call back in my hand, and I felt so mm. good and crazy enough. Um, you know, two months later, I started. I did. I got to the same point with American Idol. Like, you know, I got the call back, yes. and it was really, really awesome. Mm-hmm. And so, so yeah, I'd say that was probably one of the, probably one of my favorite strives. Obviously, with creating, you know, top talent and having, mm-hmm. you know, built such a cool community of people and allowing, you know, opportunities sure. to mm-hmm. myself and to all those people. Like, um, that was also a huge accomplishment. But as far as personal self. Fulfillment, I feel Mm -hmm. like it was definitely the singing shows because music is a huge part of what Mm -hmm. I love and my passion and Mm -hmm. stuff like that.
0: Can I just ask, out of curiosity, and thank you so much for sharing that, Noor? What about like the difference? What was the difference between American Idol and then The Voice? Just like your experience, just even with the callbacks, the process, or even the way they reached out to you, what was the biggest difference between those two singing shows?
1: So, with with The Voice, it's kind of similar with The Voice in American Idol in that both of these things happened before COVID, so they were still in-person stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, with The Voice, I they DM me and then I, they asked me for my phone number and then they called me and then they told me which city is most close to you, and it was New York. So I went there and then I had the call back when I went there. Um, I sang in front of a couple thousand people in their like open call room because um, I okay, did it in yeah, yeah. front of everybody. Um, And then the callback after that was like in a studio basically in like a live studio So like kind of like when you go to a concert and watch people perform Mm -hmm. It was kind of like that but in a small studio room and then with American Idol um, They I sent in a video and then they offered me uh, Basically like a quick pass like a fast pass to like skip the line and skip steps Um, So I went in and they recorded me on a phone and then they sent my audition mm-hmm. in to the execs, and then I got chosen, and so I went to Chicago and auditioned in front of the execs there and those judges, and mm-hmm. it was really cool. Um, in in high school, my yearbook, my like most likely to is <laughs> Idol finalist, so it felt like a very full circle oh, it's moment. Sick. Yeah, yeah, was,
0: like you almost like manifested it a little bit. Yeah,
1: for sure. Yeah, it 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 was super cool. I I love those things, and like I feel like with Mm -hmm. anything in life like if you really really want it then the only difference the only thing stopping you really is just a matter of doing it you know what i mean like if you want to write a song if you want to do this if you want to do that like i've realized over time and through my accomplishments that the the things that i've accomplished are things that i actually really really worked hard to accomplish you know nothing really nothing really just comes to you i feel like
0: yeah, no, 100%. I can already see just the way you're explaining and expressing your journey like you can tell like the blood, sweat and tears that have gone through everything just even hearing I and I didn't know that like getting knocked back the first two times with the voice and the third time it's like you didn't get knocked back but like someone reached out to you which is I don't know like you said it's the full circle effect and I, I really appreciate you sharing that with me. Um, I've got another question. It's more niche towards a song that you did, obviously, called Runaway featuring Sean Kingston, which is my, like, can I say, it's probably one of my favourite songs. Aces, I feel like everyone loves that, but I do love Runaway. So (laughs) can you you. tell me, like, what was it like recording with such an an icon? Like, he's literally an icon to me. So what was that like? Was it surreal? Were you a bit shaky? What was that like?
1: So um, when I recorded, when when Runaway was made, I was still in college, yeah. had never moved to LA yet. Yeah. So, the whole like working with people in the industry that are icons like that was so like new to me. And I remember being like, oh my God, this is crazy. Like, the first time me and him FaceTimed, I was like, my eyes were coming out of my head. I remember I was like, just this college kid trying to break into the music scene, break into the social media scene. Um, and um, so, yeah, so I, so I, obviously, my first thought was, I hope he likes the song right because if you didn't <laughs> yeah. like it he wouldn't even have recorded on it but um yeah. so i so i ran i wrote runaway and i wrote ace around the same time as each other um just cuz mm-hmm. both of those were like the more upbeat songs of the songs i've released yeah, though, so yeah. far um and so so i feel like once once i sent it to him and he liked it and we started recording you know his part came through and everything i you know i was like I was super excited because this was my first feature on all my songs and he was big and, you know, him and I formed a good relationship. He came to um, my house in L.A. like last year um, and, you know, we we hung out a little bit. So it's been – it was really cool. It was definitely super surreal.
0: Mm -hmm. Was there something that you weren't expecting for him to be like? Did you – like was he – were you expecting him to be a little bit more like – Intense. Do you think he was someone who was, like, way more relaxed than you thought he would be? Like, was there something that you had, like, preconceived ideas and you're like, no, wait, no, he's completely different to what I thought he would be?
1: With him, I honestly... I didn't really know what to expect because I'd only ever listen to his music and I know his music, you know, he has great mm-hmm. music and he has a really great flow when it comes to rhythm. I was obviously very impressed with, mm-hmm. you know, his vocals and he still got it, you know, after all these years. Uh, I remember my mom, when I was younger, <laughs> she had two CDs. She had one Sean okay. Kingston CD and one, <laughs> one Nickelback CD, um, Okay, and yeah. a country artist. And, uh, and yeah. those were the two that I would hear in the car all the time. So whenever i made mm-hmm. the song with him my mom was was super excited and you know he he's always like kind of come across i guess on social media as like a very like you know charismatic and tropical guy mm-hmm. and i think in real life he's he is you know pretty much the same like he's he's a he's a very like happy funny guy like very chill mm-hmm. like i feel like that's yeah. the best way to
0: describe him yeah for sure no thank you thank you again Um, All right, the next question, this is more to do with the music industry, which I feel like you've already sort of touched on, but uh, particularly in the American music industry, what have you, like, what's a stereotype that you've come to realise is not necessarily true? Now, that could be something in your personal experience, it could be a stereotype that you've just heard in the movies, anything you want, but what's a stereotype that you've come to realise that isn't necessarily true?
1: Like what, like what kind of stereotype? What, What do you mean?
0: Mm, maybe for example like uh like you have to be related to someone in the industry to move up for example that's just like one thing i can't really i'm trying to think of a stereotype myself something i that's, would see in I the mean, movies or
1: yeah yeah i mean that's i mean that's a stereotype that's true i mean it really is like in in the music industry like first of all having talent is definitely important mm-hmm. but having talent oh, is not yeah. as important as you would think like For example, like there's a bunch of people that go on The Voice in American Idol who are so, so talented, but they don't really make it. Mm -hmm. The people that end up making it are more like, you know, people that are like social media stars, like on like on TikTok, like, Mm -hmm. you know, like there's like Dixie D'Amelio, right? She's popular on TikTok Mm -hmm. and she makes music, um, you know, but some people would argue, oh, you know, I don't know if she would be on The Voice because she's not like. She doesn't like do like crazy vocals. She has a she has a great voice, but you know, what's the difference between her and and someone on the voice is that Dixie has already a huge mm-hmm. following, so it's easier for her to pivot than for someone else. Mm-hmm. So, I feel like that is probably something that people don't really think about as much like, "Oh, if this person has a great voice, then why aren't they famous?" You know, because mm. they're not famous because it's not just about how you sound, it's about how you look. It's about how people feel about you. It's about how fans look at you and it's about like consistently releasing music and so i think that those are really the the key proponents in the music industry obviously your network Mm -hmm. is a huge part of it like having a good strong team around you that goes and Mm -hmm. you know goes to bat for you and you know make sure that you know you have what you need and that you're moving up the the ladder because you know there's just like there's just like there's a thousand actors trying to get the same role there's Thousands of artists, singers trying to release songs. There's millions of songs uploaded each day to Spotify, but the ones that blow up are the ones that a have money behind them and b have or and are a good song, but also have you know the backing of you know having that platform, people listening, hearing them. That's why TikTok right now is so huge for for artists and singers, is because. TikTok, you can get a million views on a video and that's a million mm. people listening to your song, and then that converts into Spotify yeah. and converts into streams.
0: One hundred percent. I was gonna say, talking about TikTok, and obviously I mentioned it before about Ace going like viral. I was just um I was actually talking to Fred, which is obviously one of your friends, and he was saying like he's you've even got a TikTok dance behind that song. Mm-hmm. Did you like do you know it? Do you do you like? Did you try to learn it all, like during lockdown? Like, we what were your thoughts about that? Because that would have been a bit of a shock. Like, I've been very surreal seeing that people are enjoying your song, but also created a dance for it.
1: Yeah, yeah. So the dance, you know, I I tried to learn the dance myself. Uh, I'm not. <laughs> it was it wasn't that good. I posted it, but then I privateed the video. <laughs> I have it on my TikTok okay. private. But um, mm. so. What happened was I, I recorded all those songs and then I reached out to Thomas, who is the head of the Hype House, and I showed him the song yeah. and we found, you know, we were like, you know, and those guys, they liked the song and they make made the dance to it. And a few other people started dancing to it. And then it turned from 10 people to 100 people to a couple thousand people and you know on youtube the audio has like over a hundred thousand views which is a lot for Mm. an audio you know like
0: a music video i would
1: understand but an audio that's that's a lot so um so it definitely was definitely showed me that i have the capability of creating a song that people can resonate with and uh Mm -hmm shortly after you know that went viral you know our you know ace got traction i got offered to run other artists songs campaigns which got me more Mm. into the business sense and entrepreneurial mindset and then i started helping other people do it and then that's kind of what led to starting a social media um, marketing management company and agency and then i started pivoting from being only music to also helping other people with their careers which is you know how top talent was invented and came to be yes. and then um i just became super business mindset for like i guess a year and a half and now like in the past three months i've pivoted back to trying to pursue music and trying to grow my own brand more and post on social <laughs> media more because there was a phase where mm-hmm. i wouldn't even post for months
0: mm-hmm um with top talent and obviously you're saying the pivot like the 360 coming back I would say what's your support system when it comes to that like obviously you know having all these different hats on like business music helping others like who helps you is it just you or do you have like you know family that really backs you up what would you consider your support system and it's okay to say if you're the primary support system as well
1: yeah so when I um I would say obviously my family supports me and they're, they're you know, they're always there mm-hmm. for me and, you know, I can lean on them. But I feel like whenever I do things, I've always been kind of like a lone ranger, like I've always liked to do them and kind of, you know, I kind of live by if you want it done right, do it yourself. And so I've done a lot of things mm-hmm. on my own. But um, back in those days, like there was this guy, this videographer, a guy that um, who would, you know, he was filming my covers for me. And he was very passionate about videography and so i had him come and he doubled like wore two hats he was like my assistant but he was also the main guy creating content and getting videos mm-hmm. of the creators i was working with so he was definitely you know like my right hand man helping me you know because yeah. i i couldn't be in it couldn't it couldn't be everywhere in once so uh so I was, I was pretty nice. Um, but over time, I obviously grew bigger, bigger, you know, team around me and people yeah. around me. and So that's I guess that would be kind of how, you know, my support system was back then and kind of is now.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. no. Again, thank you so much for sharing. Roy. I really appreciate it. Okay, this one, let's just strip back everything to do with music. Tell me what you would consider a good night explicitly in L.A. What would you consider a good night? Like, yep, I'm satisfied with that. You might be a little bit tired the next day over. But, yeah, what would you consider a good night? A good night? Mm, yeah.
1: Um, A good night in LA would be one that starts with me and my, my close friend eating sushi. Mm-hmm. You know, a <laughs> okay. group of us eating yeah. sushi together. Yeah. And then we go to an event that isn't, like, super crazy like a club, but is like you know kind of low-key but like 50 people that are you know people that we know and that we vibe Mm -hmm. with you know just kind of chilling Mm -hmm. and with good music maybe have someone perform or sing you know have a little jam sesh um and i think you know like just kind of like if the night ends with us on piano and singing together then it's a good night you know um Mm -hmm. but yeah i think I'm not really a big club guy. I don't really like going to the club. Uh, I used to go quite a bit, but now I'm Mm -hmm. more into like, you know, I'd only go now if it's for like a birthday of a close friend or something. But I'd I'd say my ideal night is, you know, starts with sushi, leads with friends and, you know, just people that I I like to be around um, in a setting Mm -hmm. that has music and is like a house party vibe, but not too crazy. Um, Mm -hmm. And then some good food. And then ends with, you know, the the people that... (laughs) The people that have that crackhead energy, that have that like don't want to go to sleep <laughs> vibe at two a.m. and want to just play piano. I'll just hit the mm. piano and we'll just start singing our hearts out right. until we fall asleep. That's that's my ideal night. Yeah,
0: yeah. No, I like that. Have you ever um, fallen asleep at the piano before? Uh, Surely.
1: I, I'm sure I have, but not that I remember. You know, because my piano is <laughs> even the piano in my room is right next to my bed. So if even if I were to fall asleep, instead of leaning forward, all I have to do is lean back, and I'd fall right into my bed. Back,
0: oh, yeah, very nice. I was gonna say oh, you've mentioned sushi now a couple of times in the interview. What would be your favorite sushi?
1: Um, yellowtail. That's
0: hard. Yellowtail. You know, okay, yeah. I see. What's your you
1: have a favorite? <laughs>
0: um i don't know i'd say yellowtail is definitely up there or like i don't know i think it's just like a bit like basic but i I don't know if like i don't know in australia we call it california roll i don't know if that's the same thing that's that's the same
1: thing here but that's that's the most basic roll that's literally just crab and cream cheese
0: Oh yeah, that's what I said. That's what I said. It was basic, but um, I don't know. I'm trying to get more into my sushi because the place that I work, there's like a sushi train, and so like they don't actually have the names of everything, but they just it comes on a little train and then like, they give it to you. So I'm trying to like get better, you know, familiarize myself. What would you say top three sushi? Though top three sushi, you got Yellowtail for sure. What about the other two?
1: Yellowtail, for sure. Um... Mm uh bonito like fish
0: sushi-y? oh bonito fish okay okay
1: and i really like the the sushi that has the crab on top that's like the um it's like a it's not the circular sushi it's the one that like is in the shape of your finger and it has the f- shrimp on top that's one of my favorites is it the one
0: wrapped with this is it the one wrapped with the the strip of that one or no
1: I like that one a oh, lot, is that? but but it's it's just the one that just <laughs> okay. has like the simple pink shrimp on top, and you remove the tail okay. and you eat it. No, okay. I, I don't even know how to. I don't have know, to look after. Yeah, I don't really know what they call it, but those would be like my favorite. <laughs> like if I saw those in front of me, it would they be talk? definitely a good night.
0: You go to okay for sure no thank you thank you uh now obviously no you're on the confession tapes and at the end i always ask my guests um what's a confession they would like to make it doesn't have to be serious it can be funny it can be silly it can be again very personal to you uh but i'm gonna give you some time to think about it or you might already have it and take it away what is something you would like to confess today
1: that's this is so funny. I mean, there's so many ways to take it. I mean Yeah, I mean there's there's a few there's a few things I could say, but once when I was in the third grade, I uh there's a playground in my school and we uh we would always go there and just chill and hide under the you know, under the playhouses there. And one day mm-hmm. I was on the bus and I felt like I was getting stung and I ran off the bus and ran into the bathroom and it turned out that there was ants all over my pants, literally. And I was getting bit all over my the inside of my pants. And my principal came running in the bathroom and he was like, Just throw your clothes under the under the door and I'll bring you new clothes right now and I was literally sitting like in the bathroom stall, just like literally almost okay. naked. I was just in my boxers and my underwear and I was like literally like I think I was seven or eight years old. Like
0: nine? Seven? Yeah. Oh my god. And it was it was
1: super traumatizing. I still remember it till now so vividly because I was like that's it that hurt? was just crazy. It, it it hurt but it didn't hurt more than a pinch. It was just like multiple pinches. But it was crazy because obviously living in living in Florida, there's so many fire ants and ants in general and ant piles and mm. f- there's so many insects in in Florida so um so yeah it, it that happened and it's just like a story that I I will never forget it's just it's just so crazy probably a little bit embarrassing but mm-hmm. also you know
0: no looking it's... back it's funny <laughs> Yeah for sure I'm just trying to think like did you call your mum? like what happened so you were in the in the stall half naked how did you so you got clothes and yep. then did you just continue on with your day or like is that what literally happened
1: I um I mean at that point I had a flip phone so I had flip phone Okay. Oh, and flip phoned and called my mom and told her and I'm pretty sure that I'm pretty sure that they just I'm I think what ended up happening that day was that they ended up giving me new clothes and the bus waited for me and then I went home mm-hmm. and I was just super embarrassed the whole right home I was like oh my god I can't believe that I did that that I didn't realize it because it because the the person the, the like my friend on the bus was fake punching me like not actually hitting me mm. but fake punching me and I would feel pain and I was like why did Why do I feel pain? And then I realized it was because these ants were biting me simultaneously as my friend was fake punching me. So it was just a very surreal and very like weird moment. But it's just a time I'll never forget for sure.
0: No. Oh, no. Thank you so much for sharing that story. I like, to be honest, if I was, I can't imagine just all these crawling things on me, but like you've experienced it, you've come past it and look at the person you are today. Um, we really, really appreciate you coming on here. Um, your time is really precious to us. Um, but yeah, thank you again for joining us on the confession tapes, but yeah.